4: um um uh uh if um uh uh um um uh uh um um uh um um uh uh um um uh you know uh uh you know sorry
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dice Trade Cast on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by MyFFPC. Today, we are entering the end of July, beginning of August, training camp is in session, and I'm joined by my good friend, my co host, Dan Segno. How's it going tonight, my friend?
2: Training camp has started. It already feels like we're almost all the way through it with all of the blurbs and all of the chaos and all of the videos about people dying on hills and planting flags. And it's, uh, I feel like my hair's graying rapidly just from the blurbs. It, it's, it's a little stressful. Everyone needs to calm down a little bit.
1: You know, someone who does also have to calm down, he's chopping at the bit. Uh, he's ready to talk. We have a guest this week. It's a familiar face, guy. Guys who has guested on the Trade Cast before. Uh, one of the brightest minds in the fantasy industry, Dan Miler. Welcome to the show.
4: Yeah, hardly one of the br- brightest minds. Maybe one of the <laughs> biggest, biggest talkers. I'll take. I'd <laughs> take that one. <laughs> there you go. Uh,
1: thanks for coming on, Dan. I guess just, just to, to start us off, p- pimp your work. Uh, what, what do you got going on these days?
4: Same old, same old, same as every other time I've talked to you guys. A senior writer over at. Dynasty League Football.com. Also am one of the co-hosts of the DLF Dynasty podcast. So check us out there. We got a lot of good content talking about a lot of the same stuff that you guys talk about as well. So I recently wrote the salary cap confidential series if I'm known for anything, it's probably being a salary cap guy and liking contract leagues and those kind of things. And I tried to boil everything into like a 10-part series over at DLF. So if you're into salary cap, go check that out.
1: All right, let's start us off. The first news and note of the day is the A.J. Green injury, which still doesn't really have too much clarity right now. I think that the assumption right now is he's going to miss, you know, the first month of the season about maybe miss a little bit less than that. But how are we evaluating the A.J. Green injury at this point in Dynasty? He's one of those guys who's an aging wide receiver. I don't think he's quite gotten to the point of being like a great buy low at his veteran peak. I think that's a year away. But where are we at with A.J. Green as a Dynasty asset? We can start with Myler.
4: Well, we all have so much trouble with these guys that have been elite assets before and are gaining age and, and reaching or already to that 30-year plateau, and we start to get concerned that the downfall is coming, and geez, these injuries are kind of mounting up with A.J. Green, And, and when you compound that with the quarterback situation there, everything going on in Cincinnati in that front office, and how it's difficult, at the very least, to trust anything happening in Cincinnati, it just all adds up to a negative vibe for me, really. I think more than anything, a lot of us as dynasty owners were excited about the 2019 season for AJ Green contract year, the potential that maybe he gets attached to a different quarterback in 2020, maybe even a different team or, or a different franchise. Those were all positives as we looked at, at Green going into this season. And now with this injury maybe a setback to not only his dynasty value, but also his fantasy value in general in the short term. It's just hard to look at green with rose colored glasses anymore. The age, the coaching staff, the turnover there, the quarterback, the offense, the franchise, there's not much green light in front for, for AJ Green. At least it appears that way right now with this injury.
1: Yeah, the, the older a player gets, the more you tend to look at them in more of a redraft scope. And the more a four-week injury is more of a bigger deal as you enter in the latter part of you know a player's career. Like, oh, he's going to miss these four games and he's going to have injuries later on and things like that. But I, I do think that Aj Green, I think, is a decent buy right now in redraft because he's going to end up going probably in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. And if you're looking at you know past years with guys who have had like suspensions, who have been projected wide receiver ones, you know those guys have been going in the in around that range, but they've had more risks involved. With Aj Green, he just has this injury that most expect him to return from, and so I, I think he's a good redraft buy wherever he. I'm assuming he's going the between the fifth and seventh round of redraft leagues. And in dynasty, if you have anyone who Maybe is considering themselves more of a win now team, and they want to try and parlay AJ Green into maybe a lesser receiver, but also someone who's going to be playing in the first few weeks. I think that's a move to make. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Green injury, Dan?
2: I don't think it it honestly changes much. This is this is not necessarily the the every year AJ Green, but kind of the AJ Green we've come to to know. His last five seasons, he's kind of gone on an every other basis with getting injured. So in you know his age 26, 28, and 30 season, he's missed at least three games. Obviously, last year he missed just about half the season. So we're kind of used to this with with A.J. Green, and he kind of always has lived at even a little bit of a discount. Obviously, his his first few years were, were probably his peak dynasty value, maybe even in 2015 when we really saw that wide receiver boom in pricing. We probably saw A.J. Green in his prime uh, at one of his peak ADPs or peak market values. So honestly... Knowing that he's going to be back uh, maybe week two, week three, I think this is just kind of our yearly you know, discussion about an aging wide receiver that is going to come off an in- injury or potentially miss games. But now we kind of already know what he's going to miss. It's what's on the other side of it that we're unsure of. So let's say he does come back, even if he's 95, 90%. We don't know what lies on the other side. So just like previous years when he gets injured, whether it's late in the season or early in the season – as he's getting older, we we kind of lose that faith that someone's going to be healthy. but a j Green kind of always seems to rebound. he's He's seemingly done it each season. He hasn't really been kind of done for the full year. I think his what last year, yeah, he played nine games last year. So obviously that was that was kind of a, a hurtful one. But I just feel like he's he's somebody that continues to bounce back and continues to produce, regardless of of Andy Dalton or the offense around him. He's always in there putting up points. And, and now at his age and obviously coming off this injury, we're going to see probably a little bit of, a, of a, a discount on him. So I think now is a good time to buy just about everywhere, whether it's dynasty or redraft, assuming you're contending. Obviously, if it's redraft, you should be attempting to contend because otherwise you probably don't understand how that works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I feel like, yeah, he's 31 or whatever he is, but he's still all of an elite wide receiver, even though he's on the backside of his prime.
4: Dan, you mentioned that he missed half of the season, and I think you were alluding to it, but he was super productive in that half a season that he was on the field for the Bengals. And Despite all those negatives that I mentioned, including the quarterback and everything else surrounding the Bengals, especially last year with that offense and everything happening in Cincinnati, he was continuously getting double-digit targets and catching six, seven, eight balls and multiple touchdown games, all those good things that we expect out of a wide receiver one. So like you, I believe, I don't want to put words in your mouth, of course, but I feel like when he gets back on the field, we're going to look at wide receiver one upside. I think a downside really of wide receiver two numbers. So again, like you, I, I believe this is what you're saying. There is a buying window. And if you are going to get some kind of discount, it is time to, to pounce on that. The thing about that is, the time to do that is this week while the injury news is brand new and they're talking about up to eight weeks and maybe up to four weeks of being off the field in season because that discount doesn't last long. The, the guy who owns A.J. Green, especially if he is – any kind of contender or or even a fringe playoff team is counting on Green to to be a big part of that offense, be a big part of his team and, and make it a run at something. So he's looking forward to getting him back. And for every day that passes, he gets closer to having Green in his starting lineup and that price starts to slowly go up. You know, Nathan, you mentioned that that he was a third round pick in, in redraft leagues this year. He's a third round pick. Uh, Granted, a late third round pick in Dynasty as well. And while that will slip because of his age and this injury, I expect it to be down just a little bit next month. It's going to rise ever so slightly, especially if he returns in week three, four or five and has one of those two touchdown games that we've all come to, to know with A.J. Green.
2: And you mentioned the, the buying window being like right now. And part of that too is, is not allowing good news to come out because I'm guessing there at some point will be a, oh, look, it's only going to be four weeks or it's only going to be five weeks. You don't want that news to come out when you're trying to buy. You want to buy now when it's, oh, it's actually worse than we thought. And we don't know, it could be eight weeks. So like Dan Myler mentioned, definitely go. And if you are contending or you just want to get your hands on, a, on some, some nice production for relatively cheap, Go and get yourself some AJ Green right away.
1: All right, let's talk about the the main benefactor, at least according to Twitter, from this injury news, and that's Tyler Boyd. Now, there's kind of two uh, schools of thought directly with the Tyler Boyd to AJ Green news, and there's the okay, he's going to be the wide receiver one in, in the short term in that offense. He's going to get tons of targets, and then there's the looking at the game splits. There's game splits Twitter, game splits app for Rotaviz. It's, <laughs> it's a great app, but. There are flaws with the game splits happen. The main one is when you look at the Tyler Boyd-AJ Green splits in terms of Boyd's production while AJ Green was out, it does look worse without AJ Green. And someone might say, oh, that's because the number one corner is on Tyler Boyd. No, it has a lot less to do with that and a lot more to do with the fact that Jeff Driscoll was throwing uh, the ball to Tyler Boyd during some of that split without AJ Green. So in general, when you take away that many targets from, from the offense, it does benefit the Presume wide receiver one in Tyler Boyd. I, I do think that less so of a benefit to Tyler Boyd and more so of a benefit to John Ross because it just gives him the opportunity to get targets he's never seen, whether it be for injury or just the fact that, you know, he hasn't been a top two wide receiver in this offense. So it might be a short lived short term, you know, blip in terms of uh, possible targets for John Ross. But I think that that's what this is in the early, early season for Ross. Uh, thoughts on, on this, uh, Myler, as far as the number two and three receivers in the Bengals offense?
4: Well, there's no such thing as a number three wide receiver in Cincinnati, at least <laughs> in my opinion. I, I don't, I can't believe in any of those guys. I, I don't think John Ross is is going to take that next step. Although there were a lot of lot of dynasty owners out there that didn't believe in Tyler Boyd after his first two seasons, and he took that step in year three. So while I'm not investing in, in any of those receivers, i Do I guess believe there there is a chance for somebody, and and obviously somebody's gonna gonna step up in that offense. As dynasty owners, I think we all have to believe that's going to be Boyd. And while a lot of that talk on Twitter talks about how how Boyd had his success when AJ Green was on the field, there were instances when when Boyd was by himself alone on an Island with a top corner and having some success in 2018 as well. So he's a year older. He had a nice season last year and he showed some of the upside that a lot of us kind of believed in when he was coming out of Pittsburgh. So I believe, I feel like Tyler Boyd's going to have a nice start to the season as long as Andy Dalton is healthy. And, and while I, you know, was kind of downplaying Andy Dalton and, and his, upside in this offense, he's the best option that they have. I'm I'm intrigued with this new coaching staff in Cincinnati. I'm hopeful that they add a little bit more change of pace, some electrifying plays, and maybe Tyler Boyd can be a big part of that, whether A.J. Green's on the field or not. So I, I guess I'm a fan of Tyler Boyd. I have him in some places, so that may be the reason why. But, you know, overall, I, I still don't have a great vibe with the Cincinnati Bengals. It's just that somebody has to score fantasy points there. There are points to be had and it can not all be Joe Mixon while AJ Green is out.
2: Yeah. And I mean, you know, going back to kind of the original question that Nathan posed is, is like, is this going to be a big, big bump for somebody? Is the wide receiver three going to emerge? You know, the volume's king. That's that's what we live and die by. So, yes, Tyler Boyd's volume is going to take an uptick. Is A.J. Green not being on the field going to help him? Probably not because you have a, a number two wide receiver in the NFL in Tyler Boyd. I don't believe he's a true number one. He works very well as a two. But now, again, we go back and looking at him playing against those top-end corners. Some of the time he dominates. Some of the time he gets shut down. He did have a very good year last year when he was healthy and not you know, having to catch balls from uh, other folks aside from Andy Dalton because, like Dan Myler mentioned, Andy Dalton is by far their best option. We do not want to see any of those backups in there. We don't want to see any flea flickers. We just want to see them let Andy Dalton throw the ball <laughs> because, unfortunately, that's what we have. I think the biggest benefactor is actually going to be Joe Mixon if A.J. Green were to miss some time because that'll kind of force their hand at minimizing the offense a little bit and and just kind of allowing Andy Dalton to either dump passes off short to the the running back or maybe even Tyler Eifert assuming he's fully healthy or just handing the ball off to Joe Mixon or maybe getting the rest of those running backs involved more maybe we see a more run heavy offense even though i don't think that's the path they'll want to go with this new offense and and kind of new everything i, I just it it feels like the volume's got to go somewhere and you can't put it all on Tyler Boyd I don't think they trust any of the other wide receivers enough to throw that volume there. So if AJ green does miss some real time, I think we see an uptick in targets for Joe Mixon. And I think we see Tyler Eifert again, assuming health, which is always the big question with him, assuming health, we see him kind of return to his original status and, and kind of take over the lead in, in the offense as far as, uh, as far as, you know, AJ green's right hand, man, yes, Tyler Boyd is still going to be the wide receiver too there, but, we've seen tight end producing this offense time and time again, and whoever is going to be healthy, whoever's going to be the guy, they're going to see a bigger uptick, I think, than any of the other wide receivers aside from Boyd.
1: And this isn't really relevant outside of deep best ball uh, dynasty, but I have seen some chatter of possibly using Geo Bernard out of the backfield, putting him in as a, as a slot guy. You know, he is a dynamic receiver. He is great with the ball in his hands. We haven't seen much from him last year. We, you know, he's he's been a good NFL running back at the NFL level, but you know, he just hasn't really gotten the opportunity ever since Joe Mixon came to town. So I I, I think that this is a shot for Bernard to show. What he can do as a receiver uh, with AJ Green out as well. So not really a huge fantasy thing, but you know something to watch.
3: The Gap Factory Labor Day Sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season: forty to seventy-five percent off everything, plus doorbusters August thirtieth through September second only. Tees from four ninety-nine, logo styles from sixteen ninety-nine, and jeans from nineteen ninety-nine. Shop in store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day Sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season—forty to seventy-five percent off everything, plus doorbusters August thirtieth through September second only. Tees from four ninety-nine, logo styles from sixteen ninety-nine, and jeans from nineteen ninety-nine. Shop in store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com.
1: All right, let's go on to the Giants' wide receiving core, which seems to be having all sorts of problems. First, we had the Sterling Shepard injury, I believe, on day one of camp, and then we had the Corey Coleman ACL injury, and then. Golden Tate suspension, so all sorts of mess. Daniel Jones is basically breaking everybody uh, in all, all sorts of manners. I guess we'll, we'll go uh, d- in decreasing severity. Uh, we had Sterling Shepherd injury. I don't believe that ended up being serious. I think it's day-to-day, him missing a couple of days of practice. Am I wrong on that, Sanyo?
2: It sounds like just like more of a jammed thumb than anything, so I, I yeah. think he'll he'll kind of just – yeah, like you said, day-to-day, week-to-week, whatever it happens to be. If it's lingering, it's lingering. But nothing serious, no surgery required. So we're okay on that front. I was sweating a little bit. As you know, the, the number one Sterling Shepard fan, I was ob- obligated to, to sweat at least one bullet out. But it looks like we're on the free and clear. I think the bigger hit here, obviously, without Odell Beckham is going to be Golden Tate. We'll see what the NFL does. I would assume he's going to get that reduced a little bit because of the nature of the, the suspension.
1: I'll I'll, I'll step in. There is precedent where they didn't like someone tested positive for a fertility drug uh, like two years ago. And they said, we don't care.
2: Well, that's unfortunate because that's probably one of the items on the other side of the list that should be like, okay, you know what, maybe let's give them one just for not really realizing what was in it or, or whatever it happens to be. So if if they don't have Golden Tate and and if Sterling Shepard's even a little bit banged up and now you don't have Corey Coleman who, I mean that was that was just kind of a big question mark anyways. Now what do you do? It sounds like Darius Slayton's a little banged up too. So you literally have Saquon Barkley and that is it. And you have two versions Evan of a, Eli Evan Manning. All you have an Ingram. Yeah, and Evan Ingram is going to get absolutely destroyed. He's going to get hurt by week three if he's catch, if he's getting fifteen targets every every game for the first couple of weeks. It's it's just it's going to be a gong show in New York. It's it's not going to be pretty. I was starting to invest a little bit more in Sterling Shepard too, especially as as the OBJ rumors of of you know him moving out get, got a little more hot. Uh, I started to buy more Sterling Shepard, and now I'm kind of regretting it a little bit because defenses are just going to shut everyone down except for Saquon Barkley. I think that's the only thing that truly thrives here because there's nothing there. They're, they're going to drop a safety and probably put a corner on Evan Ingram because that's really the only way you can stop him Have a linebacker, chip him off the line and then have a true defensive back take over from there. They're not going to put linebackers on Evan Ingram and certainly Shepard, you know, slot a lot corners or, or number two corners can take care of him at least in a little in some fashion you know if he's getting wide uh cornerback ones we're probably in for a tough sterling shepherd season and then outside of that there's just there's there's actually nothing it's it's saquon ingram if he's healthy and shepherd if he's healthy so hopefully these quarterbacks can pull something out of their butt or we're basically just kind of writing off the new york giants as receiving assets
4: I think the main factor there is Golden Tate and what his availability is, because if he's on the field that offers that veteran presence, that guy on the inside that can command the coverage that will create problems for other inside corners, like, like the guys trying to slide over to Evan Ingram, the guys over the top on Sterling Shepard and and maybe even Slayton or one of these other guys that are in New York, the depth chart gets pretty thin as you kind of alluded to there, Dan, there's, guys like Cody Latimer and Benny Fowler and you know guys that were on the Great, bottom of dynasty rosters years ago and and now we're we're starting to look at these guys like who's the next guy in line. I think it's early enough in training camp that there's time for these guys to return. And and if the whole golden tape thing if that shakes out the way it, it sounds like it will and and what you said Nathan if, if there is some precedent there, that's ridiculous, first of all, with guys getting off on beating kids and beating their wives and things like that, but uh, trying to start a family that doesn't fly with the NFL. Apparently there, there's something wrong there from a dynasty perspective, though we have to continue to look at this as, as a really a successful offense from a year ago. I know a lot of us look at Eli Manning and the New York offense as Oh man, that old guy throwing the football, he can't get the down the ball downfield. And now they lost Odell Beckham jr. my, Co host on the DLF Dynasty podcast, Ryan McDowell, told me just today that the Giants were 11th in passing offense a year ago. And I know Beckham is not there, and that's a big factor, but it's still a factor. It's still something that we need to keep in mind. There's going to be balls in the air. They're going to be playing from behind. There's going to be trouble defensively for that team as well, which means they're going to be having to catch up on the scoreboard. So somebody's got to catch passes. I think if Golden Tate is on the field, It's going to be him and Ingram. If Tate isn't on the field, then Shepard plays a lot bigger role. If if it gets deeper than that, I guess us as dynasty owners have to start looking at guys like Slayton and Fowler and Russell and whoever else is there, Latimer. Uh, Reggie White
1: Jr.
4: Reggie White Jr. There we go. Start picking him up today, Nathan.
1: You know it. Uh, got to get that on the waiver wire. Just to give my my, my take on the Giants, I will say that Shepard is a buy if anyone's thinking that that injury is a major concern at this moment. And I don't think that even with a, a Tate, you know, when Tate's on the field, I think both Shepard and Tate will get plenty of targets. It's going to be a bad football team. The team is going to throw 35 to 40 times a game. And, you know, that that's going to be a plus for, you know, two guys that have been higher target guys in their careers than Shepard and golden tape before we move on to our next part of the show just a little, little tease as the kids talk about in the business dan and i had a little commission session where we uh, talked about a league idea that we might be starting uh you might find out in the next 10 or 15 minutes but that's just a tease but i want to remind you that you can get a listeners only 10 percent discount to a Roto-Viz nfl pass to the nfl podcast homepage page slash podcast your subscription is unlimited access to all of our premium nfl content best of all it supports the podcast and as a thank you for your awesome support, we have a Rotoviz NFL Pass to give away. All you need to do is enter to subscribe and rate and review the of Radio channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Do us a solid and hit that rate and review, and you gain an entry to our giveaway. Each Rotoviz Pass you rate and review will count as an entry. The more reviews, the more chance you have to win. And here's another cool thing. If any Rotoviz Radio subscriber wins, the additional year added on to the subscription. So there's literally no reason not to enter. What will be announced on an upcoming show? Read and review the RotoViz Network on iTunes and enter now. Beautiful. You know what's not beautiful? Training camp injuries. Uh, let's talk about some training camp injuries. Obviously, we just talked about AJ Green and, and Shepard to an extent. So we're going to talk more of a broad scope, not about a specific player. Dan Myler, what's your first thought in general when you see maybe not like an ACL because that's kind of a foregone conclusion that it's out for the season, but when, when, when there's, you know, Not so much clarity in the injury news that's coming out. How do you use that information to you know, try and trade players you have, trade for players that you don't have? What's your general thought when you see an injury news pop up on your timeline?
4: My general thought is what's the avenue to take advantage of this news? So it's really a case-by-case basis. It depends on the player's age and where he stands in the depth chart and how serious it sounds like it is. You know, all this news – especially with minor injuries comes from who beat writers guys that are following very closely the team. And, and I tend to trust those guys. You know, I'm I'm not there at training camp. I don't have that information. I don't have eyes on these guys and don't get to talk to the coaches and those kind of things. So all of us as dynasty owners have to either believe them or not. And maybe go off some past history and, you know, remember back to the last guy that you heard had a, had a low ankle sprain compared to a high ankle sprain or, or whatever the case may be. So I, I think the best advice I can really give is what's the most likely outcome, trying to figure out what the most likely outcome of the situation is, whether it be from injury or maybe a blurb about somebody getting first team reps or something like that. And then trying to find the avenue that will lead to you taking advantage of that information, whether that be trading the player away, adding the player, or or trying to find the player in the in free agency or the guy behind him on the depth chart. You know, it's not really a general philosophy. It comes down to the specific instance for me.
2: Yeah, I think I think it all depends on the actual injury itself, each player's history of said injuries. Now if it's like a lingering soft tissue thing, if it's a high ankle sprain, if it's a broken bone, whatever it happens to be, you need to spend five, 10, 15 minutes on the old Google machine, do a little bit of research on these relevant players when it is an AJ Green or someone of of actual fantasy relevancy. We don't need to worry about the fifth string, you know, tight ends those don't matter for us right now. But spend a little time, find out if, these are, if there's a history of the same injury, if it's something that that generally lingers, if it's something that people heal faster with, it's whatever it happens to be. You need to kind of stay on top of it if you want to do your true due diligence. And, and maybe it is time to buy. If you notice, if you see maybe a little flaw in the system, oh, he's going to be out for eight weeks. Well, normally it's four to six weeks. Okay, well, now you're getting that little bit extra discount looking on top of it. So I think and like with most everything is you can't overreact but you absolutely have to react so find out what it normally happens with these types of injuries find out what how this player normally balances back assuming we have some sort of injury history and if we have don't have injury history maybe it's just a random occurrence like most injuries are sometimes they are reoccurring sometimes they do linger but, I mean, we have so much information readily available that it really doesn't take much time at all to do just a little bit of research and really figure it out. And I think Dan said it, you know, we, we got to kind of trust these beat writers who, who are around the team. They're with guys, you know, until we get the the coach's press conference or or the GM speaking, writing their letter to the press, whatever it happens to be, we kind of have to take the beat writer's word for it and at the time that's kind of what we have so those types of blurbs we have to take with a little bit of a grain of salt just because sometimes they overreact sometimes they underreact sometimes they get it right and you know if it's if it seems too good to be true oftentimes it is there's just there's so many little tiny things that you have to be so careful of when we're dealing with training camp injuries and and nothing's really set in stone because when these things usually happen during the season we get a pretty quick response from the nfl from these teams because now they have to move on because they're actually playing games and they have to figure this stuff out right now they still have time and and they're giving these guys time to heal and you know time to get everything going so do your research and this is actually the conversation where the salamander nickname originated from back on the dlf podcast with dan myler and george greek last name kritikos kritikos Maybe it was Dan. Maybe you said it. Somebody called me a snake, and then the very next day on the trade cast, Eric called me the salamander, and that was all she wrote.
1: All right. So this is my take on training camp injuries. There's two type of injuries that I buy. It's the injury prone player that gets like a, a stub toe or you know a very minor injury that ends up being day to day, and the the guy who has him on his fantasy team is a kind of like. Oh, here we go again with injuries with this player. You know, you, you see a lot with like a Deion Lewis a few years ago, Sammy Watkins basically every year. You use that minor injury as a time to say, you get kind of kick the tires, like, hey, how worried are you about this quote unquote injury-prone player? And that becomes a prime time to buy at when, you know, obviously. It's good to buy pretty much any time with an injury when there's a discount. But I think that discount definitely increases when it's like, oh, this has happened all over again. And the person just kind of wants to get out from under the injury. Um, and then the other time I go out and, and look for injury buys is the season-ending injury that I talked about, where at this point, you know, you when you see a season-ending injury, you say, oh, I'm not going to have this player for the entire season. I'm not going to have this player for, you know, until two years from now, basically. And that incites a panic with everyone. So obviously it depends on the level of player, you know, 14th round startup picks. You really don't care what they're going to be doing a year from now. But when we're talking about, you know, top 50, top 60 type assets, if you can get a discount on a guy who ends up having a season end in injury, which we haven't really seen that yet from, from a top player, but it will happen eventually, sadly. But I think that's a prime time to buy those top players is when you say, oh, I've got a whole season ahead of me or I won't have that player. Oh, here you can have this player who's not as good, but you'll have him this year.
4: I think maybe with that, Nathan, it depends on the player's age. When Darius Geis went down to his year-ending injury a year ago, it was difficult to buy him. Or at at the very least, it was difficult to get a discount on him. So, which kind of leads me to my other point that I was going to bring up is, is sometimes it's not necessarily that an injury creates a discount, it creates a window. So instead of the owner saying, oh, absolutely not. I'm not trading this player. He's more likely to trade him at his current value than he was before the injury. So I I think dynasty owners need to look at it not necessarily as a a buying window because of the injury or that you're going to get a discount. Maybe it's just that he's more likely to sell the player because of either a short-term or long-term injury.
1: All right, let's move on to evaluating Roto World blurbs and uh, depth chart blurbs and things like that and evaluating what's going on in training camp, what's going on during the preseason and how that impacts Dynasty values. Myler, when you when you see a blurb that's saying this player's in the best shape of his life or see a blurb that says this guy didn't get any first team reps, how are you using that news to benefit you? Are you one that kind of buys into whatever the blurb is saying? Are you you know saying, oh, I... I'm not so sure if that's, you know, the number one way to build my team right now.
4: Well, I, for the record, I love blurbs, but I love to read and, and find out what's going on. And And if nothing else, I feel like it's what all dynasty owners are doing. And, you know, there are some dummies out there that believe everything they see. And you can kind of read their mind because of it. Because so-and-so says this about wide receiver three on this team, Now, Joe, dynasty owner, believes he's the next up-and-coming big big name in New York or Philadelphia or Washington or wherever. So at the very least, all dynasty owners should be tuned into it, uh, whether it be Roto World or anywhere else, because other dynasty owners in your league are staying tuned and are – are trying to get an edge on it, whether they're reading them correctly or not. I tend to do what Dan said earlier. I take these things with a grain of salt. I tend to let them set for a minute and try to get inside the, the mind of the general manager or the coaching staff, the player what's going on in that particular city, because all the information isn't always there in those blurbs just because this blurb states that a random wide receiver three like uh, Marcel Aitman or or Hunter Renfro in Oakland is getting getting big run this week in training camp doesn't necessarily mean anything. Antonio Brown's hurt and he, and he's not in camp yet, so so it really doesn't doesn't mean a thing. There's there's no. No point of getting too excited about something like that. So I I try to take, like I said, take it with a grain of salt, digest all the information available, maybe look into it a little bit more. Yes, there are trade offers to be made. Yes, you have to react to any trade offer that's made towards you and you should be checking out those blurbs to make sure you didn't miss anything in the last few hours that, that made that other owner send the offer. But for the most part, you just need to do your best to separate the good from the bad. For, for all the Philip Lindsays of the world who, who got those positive vibes a year ago, there are so many more that have gone with a, with a shout or, a, or something like that and, and, and faded with a whisper because we never heard from them again.
2: Yeah, I, I mentioned it with, with the injury news. It, you have to react without overreacting or underreacting. You, you, it's hard to find the adequate reaction, but you have to do something with it. Uh, obviously, when, when we are talking about relevant players, that's when you need to react accordingly. Obviously, context matters, where the blurbs are coming from. Is it coach speak? Is it coming from the quarterback? Is it coming from beat writer? It, it depends where these things are coming from. Hey, I just watched so-and-so get first-team reps okay, great. If the coach says, hey, we're running this running back with our first team right now to see how it goes. That means way more when the coach says it than it does when Joe Schmo beat reporter says it. But again, like we've said it 45 times, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Context matters and, and it's, it's so important to do as much as you can with these little pieces just to stay on top of things without overwhelming yourself you can't do something with every single news article that comes out because you'll lose your mind. You'll have, you have reports on both sides of every story that are saying one thing that are, and saying the other thing, such and such is is doing so well in camp versus oh well, he's out there. It's like, it, we, we get so much information now that there's a lot of conflicting reports. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of smoke and oftentimes where there's smoke, there's fire, but, you know, the rest of the time when there's smoke, there's just some dude standing back there smoking weed or something. Who knows? <laughs> so it, it, you do really have to be careful, but you do have to absorb as much as you possibly can just to stay on top of it. To, to be honestly, a, to be a really good dynasty owner, all of these things matter and, and you do you do what you can with them, but um, don't do too much, I guess would be, would be my advice in this situation. And, and figuring out what's worth having and what's not worth it is more of an experience thing the more you do it you can kind of start to to filter things into different folders in your brain like okay well i heard this but it really doesn't matter all that much but that's one positive thing for this player and then you hear something a quarterback says about a wide receiver and all of a sudden their timing's great you're like okay that one matters let me slide that into one of these folders in my immediate in my immediate brain so i can go make a trade offer it it, it It depends on where everything's coming from and and with time, you have to learn those things and and each team is different too. You know, what happens with certain players and certain coaches on certain teams, those are always different. Where a coach says something about one player on one team could mean something entirely different elsewhere. So I, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over, but it, it's just I feel like it's super important to to do what you can with these.
4: Yeah, I think that's all really good information, Dan. And if I could take it just a step further, I think for me, and you kind of reminded me of this, and maybe maybe you were making a long or a short-winded answer of what I was trying to spit out. Everything starts with an opinion that you have of a player. So maybe that blurb, has something to do with an opinion that you already had. If if it's a positive one about a, a player you have a positive feel about. For instance, this just happened with me the other day. I've been a big Paris Campbell supporter. I feel like he didn't get a lot of opportunities in college at Ohio State to be a downfield threat and was pigeonholed into that underneath route, gadget play type of player. And the news broke just a couple days ago about how, their coaching staff was impressed with how he ran routes in the red zone and particularly in the back of the end zone. And when I heard those quotes that triggered something for me that almost confirmed what I had felt for so long that Paris Campbell is more than just this gadget player that plays towards the line of scrimmage. He can be a weapon downfield and maybe even a dynamic one. So while that's just some blurb to one dynasty owners, to me, because I formulated this opinion based on what I saw with him at Ohio State in the limited opportunities that he got to be a downfield player, this tiny little blurb and, and maybe just a sentence by their head coach in Indianapolis made me feel validated a little bit about my thoughts on Campbell. And now somehow I feel even better about those draft picks I, I used on Campbell or, or maybe even enough to to make me make a trade offer in the leagues where I haven't, haven't got my hands on him
2: just yet. So before you go, Nathan, sorry, my, my very, very last point on this is because of those types of things as subjective as we are with all of our opinions and, and all of these players when evaluating these types of things, I think it's important to be relatively objective and, and try to take the specific information the facts that exist within it and use that do do what you can to not allow your preconceived ideas on a player or a team or a coach uh, that is opinion to affect how you're translating this information I, i think that is a little bit important obviously we all have our guys we all have our certain ways we do things and and we believe there's certain ways they should be done but there is a portion of this where we have to really try to figure out the facts and and use those rather than how we feel.
1: All right. I'll crank out two things with the training camp blurbs. The first thing, be very wary of, you mentioned this briefly, the beat reporter opinion pieces. When a blurb turns into Bill's beat writer said that Devin Singletary is going to be the 90% workload for the Bills that is an opinion that he has. That's not something coming from the coach. Now, if the coach says, Devin Singletary is having the best camp, da, 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 we, we believe he's gonna be the RB1 in this offense. That means much more than Joe Schmoe beat writer thinks this will happen. And then the other thing is, uh, Sigmund Bloom talks about a, a steady drum beat where if you hear similar blurbs over and over and over about a player having a consistently good camp or consistently getting RB one reps, wide receiver one reps, that's news that you can, you know, take. One blurb does not make a buy, but multiple blurbs can, you know, make it so you're more comfortable investing in a player like, Oh, this guy's having a really good camp. This guy's, you know, situa- situating himself to be, you know, a starter and in, in the coming year. So look for consistent blurbs rather than just the one blurb. And don't trust beat writers' opinions on what will happen.
2: Beautiful. Well, well-rounded statement.
1: Hi, RotoViz fans. Allow me a brief second to tell you about our good friends at the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes football. It's been 10 years since the FFPC has filled their first dynasty league, and they've grown to be the world's largest dynasty commissioner service with leagues as high as $5,000 to enter. FFPC leagues are active and competitive. Not a single league has ever folded. Brand new Dynasty Startup Leagues are forming now, starting at just $77 and going even higher than that in standard Superflex and Best Ball formats. And for those of you ready for this year's greatest challenge, take a look at this year's FFPC Main Event. What is the Main Event exactly? It's the world's biggest event in season-long fantasy. and This year is coming at you with a half a million dollar grand prize and over $3.1 million in total prizes. Come to Las Vegas for a three-day weekend of live dress and festivities at a Hollywood Resort and Casino or draft online from the comfort of your home. Main event drafts start on August 23rd and run through the start of the season. All right. uh, Now, FFPC, it's it's definitely your go-to if you're wanting a commissioner service. But if you are looking for just one league, Dan and I have been uh, formulating. Dan Myler, I'm sure that you've had this before, but I, I tweeted out... When you're getting that late offseason startup pitch, and you're like, "Oh, should I do one more?" and you're like telling yourself, "No, no, no," and then Dan, of course, uh, same, you know, replies to me and starts to you know formulate an idea, and then I fall in love. So now we have an idea. Dan, uh, dive into our idea and why it's now a reality.
2: Okay, so the the original idea behind this was Listener League 2.0. We still have our OG Listener League that's on year. Four four now three four something like that anyways um we want to do another listener league get more of you guys involved spend you know a little more time with you guys get to know more of you so we are going to do another dynasty listener league so basic format going to be an auction style because that's all of the craze now everyone loves it and we're going to switch it up a little bit as far as you just your kind of standard lineup goes. So it's going to be a two QB, two RB, two wide receiver, and four flex. That means no tight end starting requirement because tight end is doo-doo. So inside those four flex spots, you can start a tight end if you'd like, but it's not a requirement. So we're really stressing more on the quarterbacks, the running backs, and the wide receivers. It is also going to be a Devi league. So... Each owner will have three nominations, and they can win three. And every owner is expected to nominate one quarterback, one running back, and one right wide receiver. So we're kind of balancing out that entire equation, trying to make everyone force everyone's hand just a little bit, make people uncomfortable, learning new names, learning new new positions, all of that fun stuff. And then we also, uh, with the rookie auction. It is going to take place during the NFL draft. As players are drafted, they will be nominated. Once they are nominated, you can start bidding on them. So, For all seven rounds, as position players are drafted, anybody that wasn't auctioned in the Debbie portion will go up for bid in the rookie auction, and you can bid on them there. The trade cast portion of this, we are doing a required monthly silent auction. What is that, Are you're asking? So at the beginning of the year, we will go for uh, a 12-month calendar and good old random.org, take all 12 owners, and everybody's going to get one month. And within your month, you are required to put up one of your players, and it has to be someone that falls inside the top 100 of Dynasty ADP, Okay, so we're opening up our dynasty windows and our trade offers come through. You will be accepting the best offer that comes through for your silent auction player after X amount of time. You can set it for a week, you can set it for a day, you can set it for however long you want. But within your month, you are required to trade one of your players for whatever package comes in. Now, some of you are saying, wow, we're just going to get ripped off, blah, blah, blah. In all of my experiences, and I've seen it happen plenty of times, I probably can't even count them at this point. I think I've maybe seen one where the trade was actually unfair and it just happened because that was the way the league was. Nobody was high on a player and someone decided to do it with and they got stuck. All of the other ones the trades have been basically market value. So with this we're just kind of making everyone trade. Not not that they won't trade already, but we're adding another curveball to the league just to make it a little bit more fun. So we're still figuring out scoring and and uh, buy in and all of that stuff, but if you are interested, and it and
1: it, it, w- it will be very cheap regardless. No, yeah, so it won't it, be it, much.
2: It won't be much. Yeah.
1: So if if money is a concern for you, don't feel, don't make that the reason why you won't won't hop in on this. So just to give a brief rundown, we would like you to uh, submit a rating interview. All you have to do is uh, just tag Dan and I and just say hey. I'm interested in joining the, the, the new Listener league, Listener league 2.0, and then we'll get, get it started. We're hoping to start at the beginning of August, maybe the second week of August, get that going. But other than that, that's basically how we're going to get this going. And so anyone who's interested in getting a little wacky with our Dynasty settings, uh, obviously a lot of stuff on there. I will be tweeting out uh, the bylaws just so everyone can take a look before they say, I definitely want to be in this. But other than that, you know, this is what happens when Dan and I get talking on a random Wednesday night.
2: <laughs> it gets ugly fast. That, that happened. That went from zero to 60 like that.
1: You know it also goes to zero to 60? The Dynasty courtroom. Now entering the courtroom, Judge Dan Myler. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for joining the courtroom.
4: This case has Kareem Hunt, who is represented by Nathan Powell. And on the other side, we have Justice Hill, Kiki Cutie, and a 2020 third-round pick. They are represented by Dan Sanyo. Make your cases.
1: I'll start us off here today. Today, uh, I have Kareem Hunt, who is by far the best asset involved in this trade. This guy was a top 10 running back when he's on the field. He's on the field. Now he's going to be behind Nick Chubb for a little bit, just a little bit. I think that there might be a trade involved, might get a little flippage action from Cleveland. But I think Kareem Hunt will be a top 10 running back sooner rather than later. And I don't think that Justice Hill has that type of upside. I think he's a, a good bat, a guy who can be an RB3. But there's just not that RB1 upside. There's no wide receiver one upside from Kikikuti. So I'm taking the upside. I even think it's a floor, too. I think Hunt is secure long-term in being a good NFL running back with that talent. The only concern is the off the field stuff, but hopefully that's behind them. So I think floor, ceiling, you got it all with Kareem Hunt. I think he is the best asset here, and it's not that close. I'll
2: say, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, calm down, Foghorn Leghorn. Good lord! <laughs> all right, well let's 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 have a conversation here. So we've got Justice Hill, Kiki Cutie in a 23rd. Now, yeah, Kareem Hunt, we we saw what he could do in that lovely Andy Reid offense with Patrick Mahomes and the whole high flying thing and then he go decided to do something stupid. So now he's going to be suspended. He is suspended whatever it happens to be. And he's also stuck by Nick Chubb. You just happened to mention Foghorn. So there's not really any early on upside plus there's already a bunch of other folks there. They're going to take touches and get catch passes and all of the other fun stuff. Justice Hill is walking into an offense that loves to run the ball. His only competition is 900-year-old Mark Ingram, who can't stay on the field. And then you got Kiki Cootie, who his only competition to stay on the field is Will Fuller. And neither one of them can stay on the field. But if they are, and they're both out there, they're both producing. I think both of these guys have a very good chance at outproducing not only this season for Kareem Hunt, but for the future for Kareem Hunt because Kareem's not playing in that Kansas City offense anymore. Yes, he's in the lovely Freddie Kitchens Cleveland offense, but there's too many mouths to feed there. He's not going to exist in this offense in the future. I'm guessing he'll find a new home in 2020, and then you get the third on top is just a little bit of icing on the cake. Let's go. Give me, give me Justice Hill and Kiki Cootie.
1: Sir, sir, your claims that Mark Ingram is never on the field – is just absolutely, absolutely incorrect. In his last three seasons, you have 16 games played, 16 games played, and 12 games played. He is the RB1 for Baltimore. He's going to be getting those RB1 carries. Justice Hill, he's a fourth-round pick. There's no guarantee he does anything. So you're just not looking at the talent of Kareem Hunt, and that's fine. You're just wrong. But Kareem Hunt is the way to go here.
2: Throw it on over to you, Judge.
1: I don't know
4: if you're just wrong, is what you want from your <laughs> representation in the courtroom? Uh, I think maybe Kareem no. I Hunt gave has reasons. Better, I gave statistical
2: hey, evidence. Foghorn, right, we get it. Okay.
4: I think Kareem Hunt has a better lawyer in real life than he does in this case. I'm going <laughs> to side with the Hill cutie and 2023rd in this case.
2: Let's go.
1: Now entering the courtroom, Judge Dan Senyo.
2: Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you all for joining us. Today's lovely courtroom action, we have Marlon Mack, represented by Nathan Powell, going up against DK Metcalf, Andy Isabella, and a twenty twenty second, represented by the lovely Dan Myler. Mr. Powell, why don't you get us started?
1: Well, 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 I've been putting a little pickle here. I've been given the side that I think would lose a dynasty poll, about 90, 95 to five. But I'm going to give my case for Marlon Mack here. Marlon Mack, uh, he's in one of the best offenses in the NFL. Uh, you got Andrew Luck. He's pretty good, you know. And Marlon Mack is really the only relevant running back in that backfield. Jordan Wilkins, uh, he, he, he's hogwash. And I don't really know anything behind that. So, you know, Marlon Mack has – Nah, nah he mines, sir. Oh, Naheem. Naheem, Naheem, Naheem Hines hasn't run a ball since Timbuktu. So <laughs> you got Marlon Mack. He's going to get all the carries in that offense. And so I, I think that, you know, he's going to just score more points. That's all that matters.
4: Well, let me see here. DK Metcalf, he's good at catching footballs. <laughs> so I guess I guess I should win this one. Eh? A. <laughs> Jeez, Nathan. Holy cow. Marlon Mack is the most overrated running back according to ADP in in any dynasty ADP that you look at. He's at 38, and guys around him at any position include Adam Thielen, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Green, D.J. Moore, T.Y. Hilton, Aaron Jones, Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, David Montgomery, and Cooper Cup. I will take every single one of the players around marlon mack over mack himself metcalf on the other hand is one of the lowest valued according to adp all the way down at 79 and guys around him include kareem hunt who we just talked about baker mayfield a quarterback what will fuller aj brown robbie anderson mark ingram sterling Shepard. almost said sterling sharp there uh, James White, Royce Freeman, and Chris Carson. Give me DK Metcalf over all of those guys. So I'll take Metcalf nearly straight up for Mac in any dynasty league at any spicy. setting. If you're gonna start giving me Andy Isabella with an ADP of 113 plus, throw on a 2022nd, which suggests I could get another Andy Isabella type player. I'm gonna take that that threesome over Mac all day long.
1: I, I will just come forward and say, I was put in a corner here. I have no reason to defend this. I was just trying to. I mean, the, the only real reason to defend this trade is that Mac will score more points in 2019. And that's really all you got.
2: I got to be honest. I, I wasn't on board yet with the DK Metcalf side until Dan said threesome. And then I was in. <laughs> so that uh, I was a little worried at the start, though, when it sounded like the church lady uh, by Dana Carvey had a love child with Ryan McDowell, the, and and then uh, and then Dan really sent it over the top with his iteration. So uh, yeah, this one's easily DK Matcalf's side, and uh, I, I award you all of the winnings, Mister Myler. Now entering the courtroom, the dishonorable Judge Nathan Powell. I don't appreciate that slander
1: from the bailiff. The bailiff, uh, <laughs> I'll hold you in contempt. I promise you that. Today, we have a landmark case. It'll go down in history. Uh, We have Brandon Cooks and Malcolm Brown, represented by Dan Senyo. And we have DJ Moore and Didi Westbrook, represented by Dan Myler. Defend your client. We'll start with Myler. Well, this case is pretty simple, really. You're
4: you're taking projection over production. And while I agree that Mr. Senyo's client Brandon cooks has a lot of production in a lot of different places, plays in a great offense. He's going to make the case that his client, the main client in on, on his side of the case has the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, the offense in general. My client, Mr. DJ Moore has the upside also has a great quarterback in Cam Newton who has had a history of taking wide receivers to the next level in their game and currently is valued at a very valuable price of 36 overall according to dlf adp mr moore comes in at wide receiver 17 while you're paying a tax of getting brandon cooks at wide receiver 12. now mr moore in carolina doesn't have a lot of competition for touches in that offense outside of a very good running back in Christian McCaffrey. And note I said running back in that case, while in Los Angeles, Mr. Cooks has two great wide receivers, which happens to be the same position that Mr. Cooks plays, in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. So I asked the courtroom, would you rather have the upside of a wide receiver that has wide receiver one upside, in an offense that needs a wide receiver one, or would you have the current wide receiver one in a great offense that spreads the ball around to a lot of elite athletes? I think I'll take DJ Moore and the upside in
1: Carolina. You have a, a tough, tough battle to fight here, uh, Mr. senyo Go ahead.
2: Yeah, we're the, worthiest of adversaries. Uh, I will start with the unfortunate lack of talk about DD Westbrook uh, Mr. Myler you you were defending Mr. Westbrook as well uh, no I, to- <laughs> I, I I like me some DJ Moore as well but uh, let's let's put some respect on DD's name okay and you know you're hurting D.D. yourself here you're- hold on hold on hold on hold on calm down you, you brought it up. You, you said production versus potential. I'm all about potential. I love potential. But you cannot disprove the production because the production has been there time and time again, even with limited target shares when playing with other elite offenses. We look at this Rams offense. Brandon Cooks only received 117 targets last year, 114 the year before. 117 the year before that he has not seen over 120 targets since his 22 year old sophomore season. And yet he's still putting up thousand yard seasons. His touchdown potential is a slightly limited. I get that. He has never scored double digits touchdowns, which sure you can, you can use that against him, but his yards per catch is always outstanding. It's always impressive. And he always coexists with the rest of his team. Now he does have one of the most explosive, if not the most explosive offenses in the NFL with the Los Angeles Rams. They've got running back controversy galore right now. They've got Robert Woods. They've got Cooper cup. We saw all of these guys coexist last year. And the only thing they added was a little insurance policy on Todd Gurley. This is another year. They're all together. Another year. They're all working together. Another year for Jared Goff to grow and excel. And all I see is upside the other portion of this is a little bit more upside and that's Malcolm Brown someone that just kind of gets lost in the dynasty gutters sure they have Todd Gurley sure they brought in Daryl Henderson but let's not forget that they matched and signed Malcolm Brown because this is a guy that the team like this is a former dynasty darling dynasty owners were, were clamoring over this guy they thought he could be the next big thing. He still got the game. He struggled with injuries, but they brought him back and they want to use him. And we all know Todd Gurley's legs about to fall off. And yes, they drafted Daryl Henderson, but Malcolm was the guy first. So I think if we're looking at a number two and carries there, it's a very good chance it's Malcolm Brown.
1: All right, order, 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 order. We've had some lengthy, lengthy arguments in this courtroom today. I,
4: no chance I'm, at a rebuttal, Judge?
1: Oh, I mean, you can. Go ahead.
4: I would like to bring back Mr. Senio's comments about 117 targets last year for his main client, Brandon Cooks. 117 targets last year in 16 games. Meanwhile, Cooper Cup, the best wide receiver in Los Angeles.
2: Don't talk about Robert Woods that way.
4: Don't well, talk about Keenan
1: and- Allen that way. I'm sorry, I'm sorry,
4: for the Rams, I should say. Uh, Cooper Cup in a half a season, eight games, 55 targets. It took an injury to the real top receiver in the offense to save Mr. Sanyo's client season a year ago. If I had to bet, I would say that it is more likely that DJ Moore is closer to his... 12th wide receiver adp than his 36 a year from now and i would have to say there's a pretty good chance that cooks is closer to 36 than he is to 12 now
1: Ooh, that is a hot take um that is one way to end the argument and with that i will rule in favor of mr myler in spite of his lack of wanting to defend dd westbrook i, think I don't that's need what- him i don't need him judge I, I think He's you no. do. I don't need him. think <laughs> think DJ his...
4: more over all them clowns.
1: All righty. Uh, take your win with grace. And we were going to wrap up the show. Make sure to check out the Listener League bylaws when we when we tweet those out and let us know if you want to hop in on some Dynasty, Devi auction, all sorts of madness going on. Uh, make sure to follow Dan. Uh, Dan, what's your Twitter handle?
4: At dmiler 22 M-E-Y-L-O-R.
1: M-E-Y-L-O-R 22, D-Miler 22. Follow up Dynasty Dan at FF Dynasty Dan. Myself at n F FF. We have a rating interview. Get yourself in the listener league. Dan, any parting words?
2: just I can't wait to see you on the field, Mr. Myler. It's on. I think we need a cadouche to close the, the episode oh, off. Kiddush. There we go. All right. See you guys next week.
3: The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com.
1: Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.